You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Made it to the final hour on this Tuesday. Been a fun show. We had Howie Long, the Hall of Famer, on. Jim Nance last hour. Jim said, hey, there's commercial real estate in every NFL game and nobody's taken advantage of it. The blue tent. And I said, Jim, Viagra needs to sponsor the blue tent. Jim went blue with me there. Welcome, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Yes, Paul? And if you're in the tent for more than four hours, oh, call your physician. Well, he'll be in there. He'll be in the physician. Yeah. <laughs> uh, final results of the poll question for the first two hours. And then, Fritzy, the new poll question for the final hour is? Results first. Clearing my throat. The NFL will say they will look into it during the offseason and then not change the current rules. That's 69%. Not address nor change the current overtime rules, 16.5%. Change the overtime rules this season, 14.5%. Okay. The new poll question, Todd. The new one for Hour 3. Who makes the Hall of Fame tonight? Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, both or neither? I'm going to say neither. I'm going to say neither. I don't think they're trending towards making it in, getting 75% of the vote. I, I thought they were. Uh, earlier, like uh, two months ago, but from what I heard yesterday, doesn't sound like they're trending to make it in. All right, we'll uh, get to phone calls coming up. We have a new segment called Segment Impossible. Although, I thought we did this last week, didn't we? I we remember. did. Segment Impossible last week, Paul had a question that his daughter had asked him that he dropped on us on the spot. Oh, favorite song of all time. Favorite song of all time. And you have to answer instantaneously. Segment Impossible. Segment Impossible. This segment, should you choose to accept it. By the way, a couple of new t-shirts available for you Chiefs and Bengals fans at danpatrick.com. Uh, don't miss any moment. Every moment of the Winter Olympics is available on NBC and Peacock starting February 3rd. Now time for Segment Impossible. I've given this a lot of thought. I rarely do that. Hmm. So I was thinking about Tom Brady and the family and retiring. Remember when Peyton Manning retired? He was playing poorly, and they won the Super Bowl. That's easy to get out. Right. You know, he was smart. Tom, see, and I were talking. Tom's playing very well, and they didn't make the Super Bowl, which is a reason to come back. Here's exactly what Tom Brady's going to do. Before the draft, I would say sometime in, you know, well after the Super Bowl, but well before the draft in late April, he's going to announce that this is his last season. He is going to come back, and he's going to announce his mm. last season. It'll be a declaration. There'll be no wiggle room. Mm. He's going to tell everybody that my family and I have decided this will be my last season with the Buccaneers, my last season of football, unequivocal, and it'll be a walk-off tour that he mm. can monetize. He could do all the stuff that he wants to do. He could do uh, another season of Man in the Arena with uh, episodes and so forth. Mm. But I think he will announce before the draft that it is his last season in football in Tampa. That is segment impossible. Does anybody disagree with that? Yeah, I do. I, I, I think once you start talking as much as he's spoken about it, where there was smoke, there was fire this weekend, it just felt like there was a little bit of a groundswell there. And I go back to that October 26th podcast that I did with Tom Brady and Jim Gray, and, and I did ask him about you know, his family, and you could tell where, and I followed up with Jim Gray afterwards. I said, it, you know, felt like Tom was getting a little emotional there, or I caught him off guard a little bit. And because once you start talking about your family and that, what you miss out on, 
He's got a son who is going into high school. Now, that's the son with Bridget Moynihan who lives in New York. You just start taking inventory. And you go, you know, Tom is never going to be sort of three quarters in as a quarterback for Tampa Bay. I think he wants to know if they're going to be good. Who's staying? Who's not? Are they able to spend any money? Uh, and I think that could have a play a large role. What else is left for him to do? Nothing. Now, unless he just wants to prove that, hey, I said I was going to play till I'm 45, and everybody said, no, you're not. I want to prove that. Like, is he going to play because he wants to prove that he could play till he's 45? But I get the feeling that there's got to be some pushback in the house. Uh, I, I just, man, I know that feeling. I agree with you. I think the pushback in the house could get him to declare that this is the last season, not to keep the family like, well, we'll go year to year. He's always said that phrase, we go year by year. Mm. And I could see a declaration. Yes. Yeah, you know, he. it's got to be difficult because he played so well this year. Yes. Right? That. How do you walk away from that? You right. have a, just a couple plays away from advancing in the playoffs, and you're playing at a really high level. He just, and when he was talking yesterday on his podcast, though, he, he kept saying, what's next? Well, I'll figure out what's next. And that, that just sounds like funny wording to me. Not It wasn't about, well, I'll see if I have one more year, or I'll figure out if uh, I'll be back again or something like that. Well, I'll figure out what's next for me. Feels like what's next is the next chapter in your life, not a football chapter. Just my, my take from, you know, a thousand miles away, but I, I got that feeling that he's you, you you kind of workshop it like he's he's talking about it while he's trying to process it. It feels like it's not one of those where, hey, I'm going to go to Costa Rica with my family and hang out for, uh, you know, a month and then I'm going to have some clarity here. It feels like he's he's talking about it in real time. That's what I found really interesting here. Here is Tom talking about uh, what his family deserves. Football is extremely important in my life, and it means a lot to me. And I care a lot about what we're trying to accomplish as a team. And I care a lot about my teammates. And the biggest difference now that I'm older is I have kids now, too. You know, and I care about them a lot as well. You know, they've been my biggest supporters. My wife is my biggest supporter. It pains her to see me get hit out there. And, um, you know, she deserves what she needs from me as a husband. My kids deserve what they need from me as a dad. Well, Tom doesn't get hit that often. <laughs> you know, these new roles, Tom's not getting hit. Now, just last week, he got, you know, the boo-boo on his, his lip. He was bleeding, Dan, yeah, he was. <laughs> profusely from his bottom lip. The phrase is hemorrhaging. <laughs> Tourniquet. Yep. Yes, Tom. It's like he put himself in a position a little bit saying, in spite of what my wife and kids need, I'm coming back and playing with my boys. <laughs> what he announced it that way. Yeah, I know. In spite of what they need. I like how he says, you know, my, I love my teammates. And he started, you know, doing that. And, and you know, I love my kids. And, you know, and, and like it. It should have been in reverse order. You know, it's like, I love my teammates and I love my kids too. And my wife, but I, you know, I've known Gronk longer and uh, I can't leave him. I can't quit you. My wife and kids are very important to me. Just slightly less important than football though. I'll be back for one more year. Let's go. <laughs> uh, I hope he plays again. He had one of the greatest seasons in NFL history. When you think about the yardage that he threw for, he almost threw his age in touchdowns. I mean, that's that's impressive when you get up there to 44. Um, you know, and Bruce Arians, the head coach of the Buccaneers, said, you know, this is not a rebuild. It's a reload. I, I get that. 
But are you going to be good enough that Brady's going to go, I got another chance to win a Super Bowl? Because if you don't, then there's no reason to come back. Matt LaFleur, the Packers head coach, had a press conference. And uh, he's hopeful Aaron Rodgers is coming back. I sat down and talked to Aaron today for quite some time. What we talked about, I'm definitely going to keep between him and myself. But um, we're hopeful that he'll be back next year, obviously. I mean, this guy has done so much for such a long period of time for this organization, for this city, for this team. And so I, I want to be respectful of his process, whatever he needs to go through to, to make the best decision for himself. And certainly we would love for him to be a Packer and be a Packer until the day he, he decides to retire. Okay. I mean, that's the right thing to say. I don't know if Aaron had a, an opinion one way or another that, hey, I want to come back and I want to come back to the Packers. Or I plan on coming back, but not with the Packers. But the fact that Matt LaFleur is letting you kind of behind the curtain there about that conversation with Aaron Rodgers, I thought that was interesting. I said all along I thought Rodgers was coming back this year and he'd play someplace else next year, no matter what happened. I don't know if he looks around and goes, are we able to afford Devontae Adams? Do I want to stay? What's my contract going to look like? Also, you can bet if the Packers thought Jordan Love was waiting in the on-deck circle that they would go, you know what, it makes all the sense in the world for us to move on. Bigger picture, smarter decision, no drama, let's go. But I don't think they, well, I think they know what they have in Jordan Love, and that is they don't have his replacement. I mean, Jordan Love is going to be 24. So he's got, I mean, he's certainly got a lot of practice time. But I, I don't, I just don't get that feeling he's going to be back there in Green Bay. Uh, we'll get to phone calls coming up. Ryan Clark from the Mothership will join us as well. You know who's been floating out something? Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk. And he said, well, could you see a scenario where the Niners move on from Jimmy Garoppolo and they bring in Tom Brady? That's not based on anything other than, well, Brady did do a drive-by in San Francisco and they said, no, we're staying with Jimmy G. And you've got Trey Lance, but Trey Lance isn't ready yet. What if you moved on from Jimmy G, Tom Brady goes back home and replaces Jimmy G with the 49ers. Trey Lance learns from the GOAT. What do you think, Seton? I think Trey Lance needs to start playing football at some point. (laughs) Yeah. I think he's, he's never going to be ready if he never plays. I think Trey Lance plays this weekend. I think I think Trey, that's hot. That's that's, that's hot. hot. I think he's going to be playing. I think he's going to have some moments this weekend. Will he play because of injury or play because of just popped in the game? I think he's going to play just to give a different look. Wow! Because Jimmy G, what's the saying with Jimmy G that that Howie Long told us? You can lose with me, but you can't win without me. Yes. Yeah. Isn't that the Jimmy G story? Yeah. You you can lose with me, but you can't win without me. Yes. Is that what it is? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. There was one. Yeah. 
I, I like how people make it seem like Jimmy G outdueled Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, you have to have a duel. Like it, it, it's got to be two guys with equal weapons there. Why not Aaron Rodgers to the 49ers playing for his childhood team? Yeah, I know. I don't... And Garoppolo could take over Brady's family because he'll be out of a job. And Brady would be out there in San Francisco mm. taking his job. So he would be an au pair? <laughs> yes, an au pair. Good looking au pair. <laughs> Oh yeah. boy. I don't think that's Tom, a mistake. I don't think, that's, you don't want to let that guy in your yeah, house. Yeah, you don't want Jimmy G as your mm. old pair. Yeah. All of a sudden, Tom calls home and nobody answers. Yes, Paul. I, I knew a guy. He was a well off guy. A guy. And he hired an au pair. She, let's put it this way she was better looking than Tiger Woods' ex wife, but she looked like her and she was actually better looking. Mm. And I told him, I go, what are you doing? Yeah. He hired this au pair that was like a 12. And all the dads in the neighborhood were going berserk. Yeah, you can't. How does that happen? I don't how, know. how does your wife allow that to happen? I don't know. I don't know if they're allowed to like have a picture of who they're hiring. They just hired someone from <laughs> some Nordic country. I guarantee it. Is there a Tinder for au pairs? It was nuts. The scene. It was in a nice town in Connecticut. Swipe right. Oh, okay. All the dads are standing out in the lawn <laughs> while the kids are being walked by the au pair from Norway. Hey, Jim, when are you opening up the pool yeah. this summer? Yeah. Okay. Need, need help in the garage, Jim. <laughs> Hi, Fiona, or whatever her yeah. name was. She's got a nice au pair. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Let me see. Uh, Clint in New Mexico. <laughs> hey, Clint, what's on your mind? Hey, what's up, what's up Dan? What's up, Dan? 6'3", uh, 215 pounds. So, real quick, uh, now that you guys brought it up, I don't think that... Um, uh, Rogers would be a fit in San Francisco because San Francisco is a big uh, vaccination city. Even to eat in a restaurant, you have to be vaccinated. We all know how Rogers feels. But <laughs> what I was thinking is, could the Raiders trade Carr for some picks to improve their defensive back field or their offensive line, and maybe throw? Um, uh, oh, now I'm drawing a blank on his name, but they're back up. Mariota in there, draft a quarterback with some picks that they trade for Carr. Let Mariota play for a year or two and and get a and get, or get Deshaun Watson. All right, thank you, Clint. Uh, all over the map there. You know, here's the thing with the Raiders: when they've had picks, they haven't made good picks. Now I know that they've you know fired Mike Mayock, but. That's the problem sometimes when you go, man, they got a lot of picks and they don't make good picks. I would keep Derek Carr. I, I think the rate you have a nucleus there. You, you've got, you know, Renfro and Waller, Josh Jacobs. It, it feels like you're, you're kind of there, you know. I don't think he's great, but I think he, he would be tough to replace unless you were going to go, hey, we want to get Russell Wilson. No, maybe something like that. But I think we're going to start to hear a little bit more maybe after the Super Bowl with what's going to happen with Russell Wilson. Because that, that still feels like it's just sort of simmering. And the indication I get is that they would probably have a mutual parting and maybe you, um, you, you allow Russ to go to an AFC team. You know, maybe they go, we don't care. You know, we just want draft picks back because they don't have draft picks. Yeah, Paul. 
Derek Carr is going into his last year as a Raider under contract. Mm. He's going to make nineteen million seven hundred thousand, which That's is actually bargain. an absolute bargain for what he produces. Yeah, I agree. Ryan Clark from the Mothership, former player with the Steelers, will join us. What do the Steelers do at quarterback, and would he change overtime in the playoffs? He joins us next. More of your phone calls as well. Back after this. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation broke ground on its Do Good Village. That's in Land Lakes, Florida, and it's the first of its kind. It's a community of 110 homes for the foundation's programs uh, recipients. Uh, so families heal together. It's a special place. Families know that their neighbors understand and care. A community where the children of our nation's fallen or catastrophically injured heroes can grow and experience life, and they can do that together. The Foundation's Do Good Village is going to help these families beyond measures, and it's all thanks to great donations of many anchors of land and your generosity, and this is how you can get involved. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers. That's the letter T, the number two, the letter T dot org. Every mortgage free home, the foundation makes good on its promise to do good and, and never forget the sacrifices that these men and women made for our country and our communities. Once again, it's T2T.org. The letter T, the number two, the letter T.org. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. We corresponded with uh, Dick Vitale, Fritzy, and I. And he's not going to be broadcasting for ESPN the rest of this basketball season. He's going through chemotherapy. I uh, mentioned the last five months have been really tough. But he said the biggest frustration is he can't use his phone to call potential donors for his gala. And the goal is $7 million. He wants to get over $50 million that he's raised for pediatric uh, cancer research. And, you know, it's, this is the B Foundation. If you, if you see it in your heart and you want to donate, you can go to DickVital.com. And, uh, you know, Dickie V says he doesn't, he literally doesn't have a voice to be able to do this now. And it's so important to him. And he does a wonderful job. And he's a very, very generous person. Um, he's not going to have basketball season. And he's not going to be able to uh, probably help out with his gala where they get uh, big donations there. And uh, if you get that opportunity, DickVital.com. And uh, he said, I, I hate to ask, but without a voice, I need help. Ryan Clark will uh, be on site for ESPN Super Bowl coverage. We always uh, are smarter after we talk to Ryan. You can uh, see him on a lot of the Mothership shows. And uh, he also is the host of Face First Podcast. And Ryan joining us on the program. Ryan, good to have you back. Um, let's go back to the Bills and the Chiefs and let's fix overtime yep. in the postseason. Or do we need to fix overtime in the postseason? <laughs> you know, I think it's uh, it's one of those things where obviously people are upset that a guy like Josh Allen, after playing one of the best games we've ever seen in the playoffs from a quarterback, doesn't get an opportunity to score, right? Or doesn't get an opportunity uh, to have his rebuttal, uh, per se, against what Patrick Mahomes did. And so I get that. Uh, for me, the hard thing is, is when you talk about player safety and some of these rules that we've set in place, we can't have – Alabama Auburn, you know, from from this from the 2021 season with Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. You can't have it go through the 25-yard line possessions and then to the two-point conversions and then say in the same breath that player safety is important. But I do think it's important that the best team wins. 
and you have 60 minutes to do that. And if you're the Buffalo Bills, you also had 13 seconds to do it, right? You had an opportunity to keep them from getting in field goal range and allowing Harrison Bucker uh, to tie the game up. Um, and you're the number one defense in the world, uh, DP, and you can't and you can't stop them from scoring a touchdown in the first over, overtime drive. But um, I think we also know that if the Buffalo Bills get the ball first with the way they were playing, Patrick Mahomes wouldn't have got an opportunity either. And so as the week has gone on, I've grown closer and closer to saying that maybe we should fix the overtime rules um, in, in, in the playoffs, but it has to be a smart way to do it. And I'm not necessarily sure I have that solution. See, I just think it's Chiefs get a chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, and if they score – then the Bills know they're going to get a chance. And then if right. they score, then after that, it's sudden death overtime. Both, okay. both teams got their chance and, you know, whatever happens after that. And I know that we want to factor in, well, the Bills should have won this game. They should have squibbed mm-hmm. the kick. They, I mean, come on, 13 seconds and you're going to let Mahomes do that to you. But I think if you want to be fair, then that would probably be the fair and equitable way to do it. Then we would have gotten Josh Allen and his chance. And really, this is about the NFL being in the business of entertainment. What would have been more entertaining than Josh Allen now comes back out with the season on the line? This is the duel that you won. And I think that that's – it would set up nicely. Here's the the other part of it is – the other part of it is, too, to to, to see Patrick Mahomes – complete the football to Travis Kelsey, take off the helmet, run down. Like, that. that's exciting it as well. It's it exciting to know that from that position on the field that the Buffalo Bills don't come up with a stop, then the, the, their season is over. And so I think that the, the, the excitement part doesn't, doesn't waver or doesn't wane with the way that everything's set up now. But I do believe that the fairness side of it is, is different. Right. If we're going to just talk about, you know, fairness and in the other sense of it, if the Kansas City Chiefs get the ball first and they score and then Josh Allen comes down and he scores and then Kansas City gets it back because they got they won the toss and they score again. We're going to have the same conversation. Well, Josh Allen didn't get two chances and Patrick Holmes got two <laughs> no, chances. No, 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 because then it would be on your defense. I would say, no, <laughs> you had your chance. They had their chance. And, and right. that's it. I was also wondering, I think we had you on earlier in the season. We were talking about what defenses were doing to Kansas City. And, yes. you know, we were saying, all right, Patrick Mahomes now has to be a little bit more economical going mm-hmm. down the field. Doesn't seem like he's as economical as he was during the season when we weren't sure about that Chiefs offense or suddenly NFL well, defenses had a solution. I think he's I think he's more economical now, which has lended to some big plays with yards after the catch. This isn't the Patrick Mahomes that threw for 50 touchdowns and everything was about stretching the field vertically. Um, you look to the Tyreek Hill play against two men when he beats Levi Wallace, that's an intermediate throw that the fastest man in football takes and makes it a 65-yard uh, touchdown. But that what I've seen from Patrick Mahomes is more patience. I've seen Patrick Mahomes make better decisions within the pocket and without and outside of the pocket. Um, this has been a strange evolution of Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. He's always going to be extremely talented and extremely explosive, but I've seen him 
check the football down. I've seen him from the pocket understand Travis Kelsey is the first read. I have to hit him in the zone. We've also watched his mechanics get better as the season's gone along. I am as impressed with who he started as, what it was in the middle of the season, and who he is now as I've ever been impressed with any player's evolution in one year. And I think it, it really points to his greatness. And there um, was a points- moment, though, Ryan, where you you see Mahomes at the line of scrimmage changing the play for Kelsey, and he yells out to Kels. Do it. So you do it, Kels. Okay, if I'm on Buffalo. <laughs> Double him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I, I'm, I'm guessing – Travis Kelsey is the Kels he's talking about. And if you're Buffalo, like how the hell does he catch a pass? Well, you know what? They they turned it into playground football, though, DP. Like, so I always had a problem playing Madden, right? And here's why I couldn't play Madden. Madden, (laughs) because it wasn't a real game, you know? If if I'm doubling Heinz Ward and I'm playing my 10-year-old son at the time and he keeps throwing the ball to Heinz Ward and screaming at me, ah, dad, you can't stop Heinz but I know I'm doubling, I'm pissed (laughs) off because I'm like, that's not real football. What Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes did was not real football. He said, Travis Kelsey says in the the post-game presser, I told him I'm not going to run a play. I'm just going to run to where it's open. And Patrick Mahomes, to him, two of the greatest players in the world go, do it, Kels, do it. And (laughs) if you watch Patrick Mahomes, he pumps the ball twice because he don't know where the hell Travis Kelsey's going. You know? I know. They could Uh, bleak the pass. I know. It's who would you rather face, Mahomes or Josh Allen? Wow. That's like saying, what would you rather do? Die burning or drowning? (laughs) Um can I go with neither? Uh, can I pick Jimmy Garoppolo? <laughs> you know, I think I think uh, I'll pick Patrick Mahomes because I think he's the better player. Um, but what Josh Allen presents from a physical standpoint right now in the league is unmatched. It's if it's if prime Cam Newton was a better passer yeah. and a more explosive passer. Yeah, that's 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 a. Great analogy. And I, I don't like my quarterbacks running, but yeah. it feels like he has to run. And I and I thought yes. if they were going to win in the playoffs, he needed to have that element of danger there in the minds. And they were going to go for it on fourth downs. So y- mm-hmm. you just know we're it's full speed ahead. Like we're not stopping. This is the only way we're mm-hmm. going to win is not kicking field goals. And I, I, I was really amazed that Josh Allen, and I was critical of him when he first came in, uh, okay. I, I just didn't think that he 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 knew the game. I I thought he mm-hmm. like he panicked and I mean he's matured so much that you go toe to toe and I never thought that I'd be seeing Josh Allen go toe to toe with Patrick Mahomes. You know, I, I said it in the off season when I picked Buffalo, Kansas City in the AFC Championship that I felt like Josh Allen showed us throughout last year, he could stand across from, from Patrick Mahomes on the other sideline and feel just as confident confident in his abilities as Patrick Mahomes could. There were times this year I disagreed with that. And then about the second half of the Tampa Bay Buccaneer game, he started to use his legs again and his athleticism and his physicality. And it's so crazy. Sometimes uh, a coach can look at his team and say, you know what, 
here is what we need to do. Josh Allen actually showed offensive coordinator Brian Dayball what to do because that team wasn't running the football yeah. before that. Yeah. And when Josh started to run it, now Singletary got involved and the quarterback runs got involved. If we go back to the, the ice bowl or the wind bowl, wind bowl against the Patriots, Josh Allen should have run the ball four to five times in the red zone, and they went. They changed that after that game, and now you saw the team that we got to see this weekend against the Kansas City Chiefs. He's Ryan Clark, ESPN NFL analyst. Uh, you mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo. What's his reputation? <laughs> you know, um, I mean, his reputation for dating is that is definitely uh, something <laughs> that we uh, <laughs> that we point to as we like more than his football play. Um, I think Jimmy Garoppolo's reputation is one of he'll try to give a game away, right? We, you know, we talk about it all the time that, you know, the interception in the red zone, the interception against Dallas. We feel like there are games where Jimmy Garoppolo puts his team in danger of losing and on the other side of it wins all the time. He is the biggest oxymoron or the biggest, you know, ends of the spectrum as a quarterback that they have on any successful team. If you look at who the San Francisco 49ers are from a win-loss perspective with Jimmy Garoppolo and without, it's night and day. But do you believe this, though, that you – here's the saying. You can lose with me, but you can't win without me. Yeah. I've never heard that saying. I feel like that's some mythical thing you just made up. No, Terry – Superstar and a legend. (laughs) Terry Bradshaw (laughs) said this years ago, and it felt like it's applicable to Jimmy G that – you know, hey, I can mess up and we can lose, but you do need me, you know, yeah. for for us to win. But I, I, I mean, I don't know if that's true or not. But it just feels everybody goes, Jimmy G, he just wins, and I go, eh. yeah, I think no, I, I think that's for for what they've been since he's been there. Now, if you get Aaron Rodgers, would I take Aaron Rodgers? Yes, or Tom Brady? Yes, or any of those great quarterbacks. But for who he's been as a San Francisco 49ers, that's the perf that 49er. That's the perfect. Um, I would say analogy or the perfect saying for who Jimmy G is. Yeah. Uh, explain to me from a defensive backs perspective, Cooper cup, you know, and I can say this on your show. If Cooper cup were black, we'd all talk about him in a different way. Um, in the sense that a lot of times we, we look at the color of a wide receiver and we want to compare them to people who they look like more so than people who they play like, right? Cooper Cup is going to, you know, Cooper Cup is not Julian Edelman. Cooper Cup is not Wes, Wes Welker, right? Cooper Cup is in the conversation with the Devontae Adams and with the DeAndre Hopkins of the world. Cooper Cup is a man that can play every single position. He's an excellent route runner, but if you listen to him talk about the game, right? and explain why he does certain things, why they run certain routes. He speaks about the game like a quarterback. And so I think, and so to me, Cooper Cup is, is a Devontae Adams, uh, Justin Jefferson. He, he's in the, 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 the conversations with those type of guys for feel of the game, route running, and catching ability. I'll give you the comp I have for Cooper Cup. He doesn't play any longer. He's going to the Hall of Fame. Okay. And he works with Tom Brady occasionally. He works with Tom Brady occasionally? 
Larry Fitzgerald. Antonio Brown? Larry Fitzgerald. Oh, Larry Fitzgerald. <laughs> no, <not> Antonio Brown. <laughs> He's occasionally. The occasionally. He occasionally. Okay. Though. All right. All right. I don't think Cooper Cup would ever be compared to uh, Antonio Brown. I, I see uh, Cooper Cup and Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, I think I think I think the I think Larry was was bigger and honestly never as good of a route runner. Just to be to be truthful with you, I think Cooper Cup is uh is as as route running goes, I think he's one of the greatest that's ever lived. Really? This is I, I do. From you go back to the not not the catch on the big catch on Antoine Winfield, but the catch before where they're in two man on Murphy uh, on Murphy Bunting, right? He gets to the top of that route, and Murphy Bunting understands that he has to be inside. Cooper Cup, right at the top of his route, his route sticks him inside and makes him fall, right? That's some let's for a basketball comp. That's some Allen Iverson, Steph Curry, CP3 type movement, you know. And to me, like Larry never had that. Larry was was bigger, and Larry had great hands. Cooper creates so much separation with his route running, man, that I just think it's so underrated the the type of athlete and player that he is. It's always great to talk to you, Ryan. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it, and uh, have fun. All right, my man. Have a great day. All right. That's Ryan Clark. I told you, I always look forward to having him on. There's some always interesting things to say. Yeah, Paul? He, he's such a character. I mean, his analysis, man, cracks us all up on this side. Yeah. And, you know, you look at Cooper Cup, and he's right. You know, you don't look at him and go, you know, he belongs in with these other, uh, you know, wide receivers. You kind of put him in the corner, like, you know, put him in a, a you pigeonhole. But Cooper Cup, and I said this at the end of the year, you know, you talk about value to a team. I, I just don't know how you can say somebody other than a quarterback is more valuable to their team than, than what Cooper Cup was to the Rams. Now, you can make a case for Debo Samuel. Absolutely. Jonathan Taylor. Absolutely. I think we get caught up in the quarterbacking numbers, and that's why we, we slight these other players. You know, those quarterbacks get those numbers. They have to throw the ball to somebody. But uh, what Cooper Cup meant to the Rams this year, I think you can equate to the value that Aaron Rodgers had with the Packers or Tom Brady or Jonathan Taylor or Debo Samuel. Uh, and he doesn't ask for credit. People still focus on OBJ more than they do Cooper Cup because, you know, that you get clicks. You mention o- o- OBJ in a headline, you're going to get clicks. Cooper Cup, you're not. That's just the reality of the business that we're in. You know, there's a, there's a Marvin Harrison feel to Cooper Cup that he just doesn't say anything. You know, we've, I don't think we had him on, in, and, and we started talking about him at Eastern Washington in the postseason. And I thought, I even said to Paulie, because Paulie loves watching those, you know, Division One AA games, and he'll be like, hey, you got to see this guy at Eastern Illinois, you know, this Jimmy Garoppolo. And I watched, and he played great. And uh, Carson Wentz, of course, North Dakota State. And then Paulie goes, hey, got a guy for you, Eastern Washington, Cooper Cup. And I went, all right, Cooper Cup. And I tuned in, and he did a post-pattern, scored a touchdown. I'll be, I'll be damned. You know, and then you go, well, it's small. You know, this is Division One AA, and you know, you're playing on a red field, and then nobody could guard him, nobody could cover him. And I went, he's really good. I don't know if he can play in the NFL. 
and then turns in one of the greatest seasons of all time. Last call for phone calls. What we learn, what's in store tomorrow. Take care of business after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Fire. We have a brand new fantasy football podcast called I Want Your Flex. Twice a week, every Tuesday and Friday, we come up with new episodes to not only look back at what happened, what you need to do at that minute, and also look ahead of what's coming up in the fantasy football world. That's right, Dan. Every week, we're going to scour the waiver wire to find the pickups to turbo boost your fantasy lineup, sits, starts, fantasy football players' rankings to get you ready to dominate the competition. Listen to I Want Your Flex with Mike Harmon and me, Dan Beyer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts this day in sports history final results of the poll question that was a fun show those are three really good guests howie long jim nance ryan clark i'm watching the suns against the jazz last night and i i watch because i love watching devin booker shoot but i'm fascinated about chris paul he's not more athletic but it seems like he's better and then you watch him play, and I keep thinking, he's not fast, he's not quick, he can't jump, he's small, and he somehow does it. He's, he's the pure point guard in the NBA. It's like if you have a, um, a raindrop on your windshield, and it goes down the windshield, but you don't know where it's going. It kind of meanders a little bit, and go this way, and a little bit that way, a little bit that He's like the raindrop on your windshield. You don't know where he's going. He might not get there really fast, but he will accomplish what he's supposed to do. And last night, you know, he did it again. You know, the Suns, Suns beat the Jazz. The Suns are 37-9. and nine. He had 15 points in the fourth quarter as they had a six-point win against the Utah Jazz. Fascinated. It, it, it's like there's a maze on the floor, but he's the only one who can see the maze. But he's just looking at pockets. And I, I talk about angles especially for scorers. There's angles that you're always looking for that give you a little bit more of an advantage. And Chris Paul plays the angles. And he's a tough guy, but there's just this fascination of, there's always a guy where you go, I don't know how he scores. And you watch somebody and you go, I, I don't, why can't they stop him? And Chris Paul is one of those guys. Sneaking a couple of phone calls in here. Uh, let's see, Dexter in South Carolina. Hi, Dexter, what's on your mind? Hey, DP. How are you? Great, Dexter. What's on your mind? Paul's suggestion. Oh. Who retires first? Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Tiger Woods, or Dan Patrick? Hmm. I would say Tom Brady. Me. No, I look, I have I, I said to the Danettes, I will do this as long as we have fun and we have fun. Now, I'm, I'm very lucky that I get to do this. Uh, you know, there's no salary cap issues, no free agency, no draft picks. I don't need to spend any more time with my family. <laughs> no, you're actually looking for less. Yeah. I mean, I I came home. I came home when I was told to come home. So now, all right, it's just my wife and I at home. So the kids are out of the house. So I'm good. 
See, that's what Tom needs. He needs to come back in about 10 years to the NFL. You think he needs to sit home more and watch Ozark? And then you're like, I don't know, what do you want to start now? Succession. Okay, we'll do that for two weeks. This is what you do when when your kids get out of the house. You'll have the following conversation when you wake up in the morning. So what do you want to do for dinner tonight? That's the big question of the day. And it'll be at like 7.30 in the morning. I get ready to go out the door, bring in the dog with me. So what do you want to do for dinner? I don't know. So much better to get that taken care of early in the day, though, because there's nothing worse than the like four thirty, oh, five o'clock. So what do you want to do for dinner? And you're like, oh, we're we're really screwed now. Yeah, but I did come home. I've been home now for 15 years almost. Yeah, around the kids, got to see everything. You know, now I'm good. And that's the problem with Tom. His kids are too young. Another 10 years, you know, then he could come back to the NFL at 54. Final results of the poll question. Who makes the Hall of Fame tonight? 86% say neither or neither. 9% bonds alone. 4.5% say both. 0% the rocket, Roger Mm, Clinton. It feels like if one's getting in, the other one's getting in. Tim Kirchin from the Mothership tomorrow. And uh, David Carr from the NFL Network will join us. Uh, Matt in Ohio. Hi, Matt. What's on your mind today? Brief, because I know you guys are up against it. You're talking about the au pair. We actually had a neighbor that worked as a bunny in the Playboy Club. And I've never met anybody who was so universally hated and loved in the neighborhood. <laughs> but, but what was uh, what was amazing is that she had these two little tops that she would wear that they would leave absolutely nothing to the imagination. Oh, boy. And she would come over and she would say, oh, you know, I'm having some trouble with this. Or could you loan me a cup of flour or this? And you, know, you just kind of stand there and go, oh, I'll go get my wife. And it just was always just such an awkward conversation. Mm. But, <laughs> you know, all I can say is she had bunny equipment. All right. Well, thank you, Matt. All right. <laughs> Giving out the stories now. I don't know if she's coming over for a cup of flour. Check a bump. Check a bump. Bow. Uh, this day in sports history, Paulie? A bunch of teams won Super Bowls on this day of sports history. 1981, the Oakland Raiders beat the Eagles. Uh, 1987, the New York Giants beat the Denver Broncos. Uh, the Broncos beat the Packers in 1998. And in 2003, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the Super Bowl in San Diego. John Gruden was 39 years old when he won it. On this day, 1974, Ray Kroc bought the San Diego Padres for... Closest to the hole gets McDonald's today. Paulie? $44 million. Todd? $9.5 million. Seton O'Connor? $17.5 million. $12 million. Todd gets McDonald's today. That'll be my fourth day in a row. Excellent. (laughs) Sour sauce for the chicken McNuggets, please. (laughs) Todd never eats when he's here. But he, he's always going to a fast food restaurant on his way home. And that quarter pounder wrapper under my shoe. I can't put it past you guys. What did you learn today, Todd? Ryan Clark seems to be more impressed with Jimmy G's dating abilities than his QB play. Says Cooper Cup, one of the best route runners who's ever played the game. Seton O'Connor. Don't even think about Jim Nance retiring. He's doing this for a long time. Paulie? Howie Long still looks like he's 30 years old. That's true. He looks great. Uh, Fritzy, when did I learn? Uh, we all learned your unique Barry Bonds baseball analogy. He was like father of the year and then ran off with his secretary. Intelligence runs in the family. Innovation runs in the family. Extraordinary runs in the family. The 2021 Mercedes-Benz range of SUVs every member is waiting to impress. Learn more at MBUSA.com. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. Make sure you go pick up the new T-shirts, DanPatrick.com. Thanks for the phone calls, emails, tweets, all-around support. We'll do it again tomorrow.
One more item. We close out the show on this Tuesday. The hottest rookies, biggest superstars, the old-time greats. Only one place to collect them all. The great folks at Panini Trading Cards, the exclusive trading card partner of the NFL. Also, the NBA, UFC, NASCAR, collegiate trading cards. They got something for everybody in a pack. And they have the iconic uh, brands like Donruss, Prism, Contenders, National Treasures, and more. They deliver instant classic trading cards. You got the most popular players, Mahomes, Brady, Rogers, Josh Allen, Travis Kelsey, and so many more. You get autograph cards. There's memorabilia cards, rare inserts, something for everyone in Panini America packs. And it's more than just the NFL, as I said. Also, the NBA. Collect all of this season's top NFL rookies. Jamar Chase, Trey Lance, Micah Parsons, Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, Jalen Waddle. Celebrate all the great players. Start or continue your collection now at PaniniAmerica.net. PaniniAmerica.net, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show.